0: part two of chapter one of studies in the psychology of sex volume two by havelock ellis this librivox recording is in the public domain there is abundant evidence to show that homosexual practices exist and have long existed in most parts of the world outside europe when subserving no obvious social or moral end how far they are associated with congenital inversion is usually very doubtful in china for instance it seems that there are special houses devoted to male prostitution though less numerous than the houses devoted to females for homosexuality cannot be considered common in china its prevalence among chinese abroad being due to the absence of women and it is chiefly found in the north when a rich man gives a feast he sends for women to cheer the repast by music and song and for boys to serve at table and to entertain the guests by their lively conversation the boys have been carefully brought up for this occupation receiving an excellent education and their mental qualities are even more highly valued than their physical attractiveness the women are less carefully brought up and less esteemed after the meal the lads usually return home with a considerable fee What further occurs, the Chinese say little about. It seems that real and deep affection is often born of these relations, at first platonic, but in the end becoming physical, not a matter for great concern in the eyes of the Chinese. In the Chinese novels, often of a very literary character devoted to masculine love, it seems that all the preliminaries and transports of normal love are to be found, while physical union may terminate the scene in china however the law may be brought into action for attempts against nature even with mutual consent the penalty is one hundred strokes with the bamboo and a month's imprisonment if there is violence the penalty is decapitation i am not able to say how far the law is a dead letter according to Matignon, so far as homosexuality exists in china it is carried on with much more decorum and restraint than it is in europe and he thinks it may be put down to the credit of the chinese that unlike europeans they never practise unnatural connection with women his account of the customs of the chinese confirms murach's earlier account and he remarks that though not much spoken of homosexuality is not looked down upon he gives some interesting details concerning the boy prostitutes these are sold by their parents sometimes stolen from them about the age of four and educated whilst they are also subjected to a special physical training which includes massage of the gluteal regions to favour development dilation of the anus and epilation which is not however practised by chinese women at the same time they are taught music singing drawing and the art of poetry the waiters at the restaurants always know where these young gentlemen to be found when they are required to grace a rich man's feast they are generally accompanied by a guardian and usually nothing very serious takes place for they know their value and money will not always buy their expensive favours they are very effeminate luxuriously dressed and perfumed and they seldom go on foot there are however lower orders of such prostitutes homosexuality is easily traceable in india dubois referred to houses devoted to male prostitution with men dressed as women and imitating the ways of women burton in the terminal essay to his translation of the arabian nights states that when in eighteen forty five sir charles napier conquered and annexed sindh three brothels of eunuchs and boys were found in the small town of karachi and burton was instructed to visit and report on them hindus in general however it appears hold homosexuality in abhorrence in afghanistan homosexuality is more generally accepted and burton stated that each caravan is accompanied by a number of boys and lads almost in women's attire with cold eyes and rouged cheeks long tresses and henned fingers and toes riding luxuriously in camel panniers if we turn to the new world we find that among the american indians from the eskimo of alaska downward to brazil and still farther south homosexual customs have been very frequently observed sometimes they are regarded by the tribe with honour sometimes with indifference sometimes with contempt but they appear to be always tolerated although there are local differences these customs on the whole seem to have much in common the best early description which i have been able to find is by langsdorff and concerns the aleuts of unalashka in alaska boys if they happen to be very handsome he says are often brought up entirely in the manner of girls and instructed in the arts women use to please men their beards are carefully plucked out as soon as they begin to appear and their chins tattooed like those of women they wear ornaments of glass beads upon their legs and arms bind and cut their hair in the same manner as the women and supply their place with the men as concubines this shocking unnatural and immoral practice is obtained here even from the remotest times nor have any measures hitherto been taken to repress and restrain it such men are known under the name of chopin's among the Conyagas, Landsdorf found the custom much more common than among the aleuts He remarked that, although the mothers brought up some of their children in this way, they seemed very fond of their offspring. Lysiansky, at about the same period, tells us that, of all the customs of these islanders, the most disgusting is that of men, called chupans, living with men, and supplying the place of women. These are brought up from their infancy with females, and taught all the feminine arts. They even assume the manner and dress of the women so nearly that a stranger would naturally take them for what they are not this odious practice was formerly so prevalent that the residence of one of these monsters in a house was considered as fortunate it is however daily losing ground he mentions a case in which a priest had nearly married two males when an interpreter chanced to come in and was able to inform him what he was doing the practice has however apparently continued to be fairly common among the alaska eskimos down to recent times thus dr engelman mentioned to me that he was informed by those who had lived in alaska especially near point barrow that as many as five such individuals regarded by uninstructed strangers as hermaphrodites might be found in a single comparatively small community it is stated by davidoff as quoted by holmberg that the boy is selected to be a chopin because he is girl-like this is a point of some interest as it indicates that the chopin is not effeminated solely by suggestion and association but is probably feminine by inborn constitution in louisiana florida yucatan etc somewhat similar customs exist or have existed in brazil men are to be found dressed as women and solely occupying themselves with feminine occupations they are not very highly regarded. They are called Cudinas, i.e. circumcised. Among the Pueblo Indians of New Mexico, these individuals are called Mujerados, supposed to be a corruption of Mujerego, and are the chief passive agents in the homosexual ceremonies of these people. They are said to be intentionally effeminated in early life by much masturbation and by constant horse-riding among all the tribes of the northwest united states sexual inverts may be found the invert is called a beaut not man not woman by the montana and a burdash half man half woman by the washington indians the beaut has been carefully studied by dr a b holder holder finds that the boté wears woman's dress and that his speech and manners are feminine the dress and manners are assumed in childhood but no sexual practices take place until puberty these consist in the practice of fellatio by the beaut who probably himself experiences the orgasm at the same time the beaut is not a pederast although pederasty occurs among these indians holder examined Bot, who was splendidly made prepossessing and in perfect health with much reluctance he agreed to a careful examination the sexual organs were quite normal though perhaps not quite so large as his physique would suggest but he had never had intercourse with a woman on removing his clothes he pressed his thighs together as a timid woman would so as to conceal completely the sexual organs holder says that the thighs really or to my fancy had the feminine rotundity he has heard a beaut beg a male indian to submit to his caress and he tells that one little fellow while in the agency boarding-school was found frequently surreptitiously wearing female attire he was punished but finally escaped from school and became a beaut which vocation he has since followed at tahiti at the beginning of the nineteenth century turnbull found that there are a set of men in this country whose open profession is of such abomination that the laudable delicacy of our language will not admit it to be mentioned these are called by the natives mahoos they assume the dress attitude and manners of women and affect all the fantastic oddities and coquetries of the vainest of females they mostly associate with the women who court their acquaintance With the manners of the women they adopt their peculiar employments, making cloth, bonnets, and mats, and so completely are they unsexed that they had not been pointed out to me I should not have known them but as women. I add with some satisfaction that the encouragement of this abomination is almost solely confined to the chiefs. Among the Sakhalaves of Madagascar there are certain boys called Sakatra, as described by Lasnet, who are apparently chosen from childhood on account of weak or delicate appearance and brought up as girls. They live like women and have intercourse with men, with or without sodomy, paying the men who please them. Among the Negro population of Zanzibar, forms of homosexuality which are believed to be congenital, as well as acquired forms, are said to be fairly common their frequency is thought to be due to arab influence the male congenital inverts show from their earliest years no aptitude for men's occupations but are attracted towards female occupations as they grow older they wear women's clothes dress their hair in women's fashion and behave altogether like women they associate only with women and with male prostitutes and they obtain sexual satisfaction by passive pederasty or in ways simulating coitus in appearance they resemble ordinary male prostitutes who are common in zanzibar but it is noteworthy that the natives make a clear distinction between them and male prostitutes the latter are looked down on with contempt while the former as being what they are by the will of god are tolerated homosexuality occurs in various parts of africa cases of effeminatio and passive sodomy have been reported from unyamwesi and uganda among the bangala of the upper congo sodomy between men is very common especially when they are away from home in strange towns or in fishing camps if however a man had intercourse with a woman per annum he was at one time liable to be put to death among the papuans in some parts of new guinea as already mentioned homosexuality is said to be well recognized and is resorted to for convenience as well perhaps as for malthusian reasons but in the rego district of british new guinea where habitual sodomy is not practised dr seligman of the cambridge anthropological expedition to torres straits made some highly important observations on several men and women who clearly appear to be cases of congenital sexual inversion with some degree of aesthetic inversion and even some anatomical modification these people it may be noted belong to a primitive race uncontaminated by contact with white races and practically still in the stone age finally among other allied primitive people the australians it would appear that homosexuality has long been well established in tribal customs among the natives of kimberley western australia who are by no means of low type quick and intelligent with special aptitudes for learning languages and music if a wife is not obtainable for a young man he is presented with a boy wife between the ages of five and ten the age when a boy receives his masculine initiation the exact nature of the relations between the boy wife and his protector are doubtful they certainly have connection but the natives repudiate with horror and disgust the idea of sodomy Further light is thrown on homosexuality in Australia by the supposition of Spencer and Gillen that the Mika operation, urethral subincision, an artificial hypospadius, is for the purpose of homosexual intercourse. Clarch has discussed the homosexual origin of the Mika operation on the basis of information he received from missionaries at Niol Niol on the northwest coast the sub incised man acts as a female to the as yet unoperated boys who perform coitus in the incised opening both informed clarch in nineteen o six that at boulier in queensland the operated men are said to possess a vulva these various accounts are of considerable interest, though for the most part their precise significance remains doubtful. Some of them, however, such as Holder's description of the Bote, Bowman's accounts of the homosexual phenomena in Zanzibar, and especially Seligman's observations in British New Guinea, indicate not only the presence of aesthetic inversion, but of true congenital sexual inversion. The extent of the evidence will doubtless be greatly enlarged as the number of competent observers increases, and crucial points are no longer so frequently overlooked on the whole the evidence shows that among lower races homosexual practices are regarded with considerable indifference and the real invert if he exists among them as doubtless he does exist generally passes unperceived or joins some sacred caste which sanctifies his exclusively homosexual inclinations even in europe today, a considerable lack of repugnance to homosexual practices may be found among the lower classes In this matter, as folklore shows in so many other matters, the uncultured man of civilization is linked to the savage. In England, I am told, the soldier often has little or no objection to prostitute himself to the swell who pays him, although for pleasure he prefers to go with women, and Hyde Park is spoken of as a centre of male prostitution among the working masses of england and scotland q writes comradeship is well marked though not as in italy very conscious of itself friends often kiss each other though this habit seems to vary a good deal in different sections and coteries men commonly sleep together whether comrades or not and so easily get familiar occasionally but not so very often this relation delays for a time or even indefinitely actual marriage and in some instances is highly passionate and romantic there is a good deal of grossness no doubt here and there in this direction among the masses but there are no male prostitutes that i am aware of whose regular clients are manual workers this kind of prostitution in london is common enough but i have only a slight personal knowledge of it many youths are kept handsomely in apartments by wealthy men and they are of course not always inaccessible to others many keep themselves in lodgings by this means and others eke out scanty wages by the same device just like women in fact choir boys reinforce the ranks to a considerable extent and private soldiers to a large extent some of the barracks notably knightsbridge are great centres on summer evenings hyde park and the neighbourhood of albert gate is full of guardsmen and others plying a lively trade and with little disguise in uniform or out in these cases it sometimes only amounts to a chat on a retired seat or a drink at a bar sometimes recourse is had to a room in some known lodging-house or to one or two hotels which lend themselves to this kind of business in any case it means a covetable addition to tommy Atkin's pocket-money and mr Raffalovitch, speaking of london remarks The number of soldiers who prostitute themselves is greater than we are willing to believe. It is no exaggeration to say that in certain regiments the presumption is in favour of the venality of the majority of the men. It is worth noting that there is a perfect understanding in this matter between soldiers and the police, who may always be relied upon by the former for assistance and advice. I am indebted to my correspondent Z for the following notes soldiers are no less sought after in france than in england or in germany and special houses exist for military prostitution both in paris and the garrison towns many facts known about the french army go to prove that these habits have been contracted in algeria and have spread to a formidable extent through whole regiments the facts related by ulrichs about the french foreign legion on the testimony of a credible witness who had been a pathic in his regiment deserve attention this man who was a german told urex that the spanish french and italian soldiers were the lovers the swiss and the german their beloved in lucien d'escarv's military novel sous off some details are given regarding establishments for male prostitution see pages three to two four one two and four one seven for description of the drinking shop called Au ami de l'arme where a few maids were kept for show and also of its frequenters including in particular the adjutant la Prevote. ulrichs reports that in the austrian army lectures on homosexual vices are regularly given to cadets and conscripts a soldier who had left the army told a friend of mine that he and many of his comrades had taken to homosexual indulgences when abroad on foreign service in a lonely station he kept the practice up in england because the women of his class were so unattractive the captain of an english man-of-war said that he was always glad to send his men on shore after a long cruise at sea never feeling sure how far they might not all go if left without women for a certain space of time i may add that a hammond gives details as to the prevalence of homosexuality in the french army especially in algeria he regards it as extremely common although the majority are free a fragment of a letter by General Lamoriciere, speaking of Marshal Charganier, is quoted, « En Afrique nous en étions tous, mais lui, on est resté ici. » This primitive indifference is doubtless also a factor in the prevalence of homosexuality among criminals, although here it must be remembered two other factors, congenital abnormality and the isolation of imprisonment, have to be considered. In Russia tarnovsky observes that all pederasts are agreed that the common people are tolerably indifferent to their sexual advances which they call gentlemen's games a correspondent remarks on the fact patent to all observers that simple folk not infrequently display no greater disgust for the abnormalities of sexual appetite than they do for its normal manifestations he knows of many cases in which men of lower class were flattered and pleased by the attentions of men of higher class although not themselves inverted and from this point of view the following case which he mentions is very instructive a pervert whom i can trust told me that he had made advances to upward of one hundred men in the course of the last fourteen years and that he had only once met with a refusal in which case the man later on offered himself spontaneously and only once with an attempt to extort money permanent relations of friendship sprang up in most instances he admitted that he looked after these persons and helped them with his social influence and a certain amount of pecuniary support setting one up in business giving another something to marry on and finding places for others among the peasantry in switzerland i am informed homosexual relationships are not uncommon before marriage and such relationships are likely spoken of as Dummheiten, no doubt similar traits may be found in the peasantry of other parts of europe what may be regarded as true sexual inversion can be traced in europe from the beginning of the christian era though we can scarcely demonstrate the congenital element especially among two classes men of exceptional ability and criminals and also it may be added among those neurotic and degenerate individuals who may be said to lie between these two classes and on or over the borders of both homosexuality mingled with various other sexual abnormalities and excesses seems to have flourished in rome during the empire and is well exemplified in the persons of many of the emperors julius caesar augustus tiberius caligula claudius nero galba titus domitian nerva trajan hadrian commodus and heliogabalus many of them men of great ability and from a roman standpoint great moral worth are all charged on more or less solid evidence with homosexual practices in julius caesar the husband of all women and the wife of all men as he was satirically termed excess of sexual activity seems to have accompanied as is sometimes seen an excess of intellectual activity he was first accused of homosexual practices after a long stay in bithynia with king nicomedes and the charge was very often renewed caesar was proud of his physical beauty and like some modern inverts he was accustomed carefully to shave and epilate his body to preserve the smoothness of the skin hadrian's love for his beautiful slave Antonus is well known the love seems to have been deep and mutual and Antonus has become immortalized partly by the romance of his obscure death and partly by the new and strangely beautiful type which he has given to sculpture heliogabalus the most homosexual of all the company as he has been termed seems to have been a true sexual invert of feminine type he dressed as a woman and was devoted to the men he loved End of chapter 1, part 2. Recording by John Fricker.